Join us again today as fisheries biologist Wade Fredenberg talks about some fish names and some kids fishing spots and the crazy fish that go with those fishing spots and with their names. All that coming up on this edition of the Nature Journal. Hi, and welcome to the FBCC Nature Journal, the podcast for everyone who loves nature. We are coming to you from the beautiful campus of Flathead Valley Community College at the foot of the Swan Mountain Range of Northwest Montana. I'm John Fraley, longtime instructor in wildlife conservation here at the college, and I also served 40 years with Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. Our producer is Colin Burkhart, and thanks to Morgan Ray, the library director, for offering the library as our podcast home. Well, today we welcome Wade Fredenberg, the retired fisheries biologist for the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, who's worked all over Glacier Park and other areas. Wade, thanks a lot for coming on again today. Oh, my pleasure, John. You know, I'm a 1976 graduate of FECC, so that's... I'm always blown away to come here and see what this has turned into. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Well, that's quite a heritage you have in the Flathead Valley. And, and so you and I today, one of the things we're going to talk about when we get into it is uh, kids' fishing areas. Right. And that's pretty appropriate for you and I now, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I guess we're both grandparents. and uh, You know, I've got a three-year-old granddaughter who's really interested in fish more from the way they squirm and swim around, but I'm looking so much forward to her and now joined by her younger brother to take him out fishing this summer. Yeah, and you know, just the other day I had my grandson down at the uh, Red Tail Riffle here on the college campus and we were looking at crawdads and bugs and dragonfly nymphs and all that thing. So there's a lot of uh, that opening. I'm sure working with them all their lives on which aren't going to be much longer for us compared to them. (laughs) No, but it gives us a chance to relive our childhood, right? So we were talking about some of the fish names in Montana, and we talked about the cutthroat trout as maybe being one of the best fish names because it's so descriptive. And one of the things we're going to get into today when we we get into it is the, the Linnaeus system of taxonomy. And do you remember why Meriwether Lewis did not get credit for naming the cutthroat trout? I believe because he never got around to writing it up. Right, and that, that was true with just about everything they discovered. All the botany got right. written up by Persh. I mean, they, they wrote the descriptions on the on, in their journals. They could have right. had the credit, but they didn't. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, one of the things that Thomas Jefferson emphasized when they went out there is he wanted them to document that kind of stuff. Right. And maybe had Jefferson been along on the trip, maybe he'd have been the guy that would have written it up. <laughs> maybe. I, I mean, they, they suggested that because Lewis killed himself. Right. Probably because uh, Jefferson made him governor and he of Louisiana, and then he was just had too much to do, and he realized he wasn't writing up his journals. And right. Just just got uh, the the Peter principle. He was <laughs> achieved a rank that he really didn't want. There you go. He just he was not a good administrator. He was a wonderful explorer, and you know he's very under undervalued as a naturalist. He was an incredible naturalist. Right. You right. read through read through Lewis and Clark Pioneer Naturalist, the book, and all of his descriptions of animals and plants and are in there and he's he's incredible as far as doing that so so we talked about some of the poorer fish names in montana we were talking about the pike minnow and we kind of covered that it's a terrible name for a fish because it really doesn't exist in any way and then what about one of my nominees for this poor fish name would be the spoonbill or the paddlefish called a spoonbill cat what the heck? Come on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it has a really fascinating uh, scientific name, Polyodon spathula, yeah. which I think is, is just rolls right off the tongue. 
But, yeah, they could have come up with a better name. I, I think paddlefish, I mean, they exist all over the world, including places like China, and they use pretty much the same name. You don't hear a lot of other common names for paddlefish. I yeah. think it's pretty simple. Yeah. A lot of these, I wonder why you even need more common names when there's such good ones already there. And you said the suckers. So we got the mountain sucker, which you say may not even really exist. It's a different name now. The fine-scale sucker, a long-nose sucker, and the large-scale sucker. What are, what are some of the other ones I'm forgetting that are in that family? It includes the buffalo, which we talked about months ago. And uh, that's a good example of names. They named one the big mouth buffalo and the other one the small mouth buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> so that didn't seem very creative to me. But well, you got to have them both together. You're not going to be able to figure out. That's exactly one. right. Yeah. <laughs> then they've got also the river carp sucker, which isn't a great name because carp is a whole different, uh, you know, is a minnow. It's a minnow. Yeah. yeah, it's not really related to the suckers directly. So. And then you've been all over fishing Canada and so on for pike or there's pike in the area. And some of the ones for northern pike are a pike, northern, pickerel, jack, hammer, handle, hammer handle, and slimer. What do you think of those names? Some I like better than others, but I can tell you, if you go up to Canada, they don't know what a pike is. It's a jackfish, eh? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they're not very fond of them either. They, they're all about catching the walleye, or what uh, they refer to as pickerel. pickerel. But I, I think pike have an interesting series of names, and, and many of them are very descriptive of, of something that's kind of mean and nasty. And in fact, if you handle a pike wrong, you'll find out. <laughs> that's right. I've seen two different people that got injured trying to take a pike off a hook. Right. Yeah, one of them was a newscaster, and he was, you know, someone I had interviewed with many, many times. And he was, he walked into the, on a Monday morning, and he had his leg all bandaged up. I said, "What happened to you?" And he said, "I got bit by a pike. <laughs> <laughs> it dropped in the boat, and it collapsed on." Yeah, I swear, I've I've watched them lay in the bottom of the boat, and their eyes will follow your movement. Oh and my gosh! I, at some point, I almost think they may not even be fish. They may be some kind of reptile. <laughs> they kind of look like it. Yeah. So what about? We got eastern brook trout, and a lot of people call them square tails. What do you think of that? You know, I haven't ever really heard that name used over here. Brookies is is what right. we commonly hear. Same thing with with browns. People will call them German browns or mm-hmm. Loch Laven. I had a guy one day lecture me that there was a distinct difference between the Loch Lavens he was catching and the German browns oh. that he caught on another stream, and really it was just color variation. I mean, but yeah. uh, you know, German brown referred to their origin in Germany and as well as uh, Loch Laven in Scotland. Well, what about the ling now? Ling, burbot, freshwater cod. The burbot's the only freshwater member of the family. And some people think they're, like you were saying, almost like trash fish. Others highly value them. I mean, they're a freshwater cod. I think they'd be right. great eating. Right, and, and they are, in fact. I've heard other names. It's fairly common to hear the word cusk, C-U-S-K. Some people call them poor man's lobster, ling cod. There's a name out there floating around called eel pout. And my favorite of all time, as far as fish common names, is to refer to a burbot which is kind of slippery as a lawyer. <laughs> well, that, but think about it. That would not be very easily understood by anybody. As no, a fish no none of them are really very descriptive. But What are some other fun fish names you Well, I think, think? Cha- I think channel catfish are, are found in a lot of places and, and a lot of common names. One name is mudcat. One, one time I was traveling and I was in an, an airport in North Carolina, and lo and behold, they had these hats on display, so I bought one, and it was the Carolina Mudcats baseball team. <laughs> so it has a really cool logo with a catfish with the whiskers coming out of the sea. Um, but they also call them spotted cats or speckled cats. A name that I haven't heard here, but it's in the literature, is chucklehead. Hmm. 
So I don't like any of those names. <laughs> <laughs> now, also, there's bullheads that are similar to catfish. So, I mean, those, the black, right. black bullhead, yellow bullhead, those are nice and descriptive. Yeah, I mean, they're all part of the same family. And, and actually, my, when, you, when you search back in your memory banks, my earliest memory of a fish was a little black bullhead that my brother and I caught with a with a dip net down in the river and we put it in a bucket and we sat there and stirred the bucket and watched this little bullhead oh. swim around. That's I was probably four years old, I'm guessing. And you so remember that? That's, I that's, do remember that. That is amazing. Well, one of the ways you can get around these plethora of common names is to just call them all by the uh, taxonomic, taxonomic name genus and species, but not everybody knows those, right? Well, yeah, they don't all know them, and, and plus it's almost a foreign language to most people. So I'm amazed in all the years that I, I worked for the agencies, I read and edited a lot of reports, and so many of those names are so hard to spell. <laughs> oh, I mean, oh, even Ankarinkus, oh. you have about a 2% chance oh. of spelling that right if you just do it phonetically. But some of the other scientific names that are I think particularly roll off the tongue is the shovel-nosed sturgeon, which is Scaphorhynchus platyrhynchus. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, Carl Linnaeus put this taxonomic system together, the genus species called a binomial nomenclature. He created that for plants and animals in the 1850s. He had already published System Natura, which is the binomial system. That was the 1750s. Seven, right? yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. You jumped a century there. Yeah, by 1757, he had published 10 editions of System Natura. Each one has a genus name and a species name. They're both italicized and so on in Latin. And I know it sounds kind of technical, but if you have that genus and species, you know exactly what fish you have. Yeah, you know, one, one thing, though, doing a little research for this podcast, I discovered that there's over 300 cases where two distinctly different organisms have the same scientific name because... Sure. Plants are a whole separate classification, so there are many plants that have the exact same scientific name as some of the animals. Oh, be darned. But since they're in a different kingdom, you know, it's not relevant, but I guess you can't even rely totally on scientific names to to make sure that you know exactly what you're talking about. But I'd say in most cases you probably can, at least if you stay to the kingdom. Yeah, I think so. I I guess the the way that whole thing rolled out with Linnaeus was everything was in Latin, if if I remember right. Um, But over time it became common to use names that were so-called Latinized. So they made it sound like Latin, sure. but many of them were Greek or English or whatever, come from some very different uh, sources. Well, anyway, Wade, give us one more fun fish name fact, and then we'll talk about kids fishing for the last few minutes we have. Okay, one more. I'd say Arctic grayling, Thymalis arcticus, and it my understanding is the reason it's called Thymalis is because some people thought that... Uh, when you sniffed a grayling, they smelled like thyme. Huh. So, I didn't know that. And they do have a distinctive smell. I've also noticed the uh, lake whitefish almost smell like cucumbers. So yeah. we should have called the, I think the whitefish were poorly named just because the names are so bland, but we could have called the lake whitefish the cucumber trout or something like that. <laughs> Probably would have been a whole more acceptable approach. Well, we got about a minute left. Let's, uh, I guess we're relegating the kids' fishing areas, but... I'll, I'll throw out one there. I think Pine Grove Pond is the best fishing area for kids in the state, myself. It's a beautiful pond. It, it can handle, I've seen two, 300 kids from different schools out there fishing when our hooked on fishing program. 
and it's heavily stocked by the Fish and Wildlife Service and some by Fish and Wildlife Park. So that would be my vote. What would be? Yeah, I don't even think there's any uh, question about that being the number one. It's I was I had the good fortune to grow up in that neighborhood part of the time, and the legacy that the Street family, Robin Street, yeah. and his children left for this this valley and this state is amazing. It's not far from the place that I grew up fishing, which is the Stillwater River. And right. I think some of these streams that aren't famous or notorious trout streams are often overlooked. They're full of fish. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you might go down there and catch peamouth, chubs, and redside shiners, but fishing's fishing, right? Yeah. Okay, that's good. Pine Grove Pond, Stillwater River. Let's keep those in mind. All right. Wade, thanks a lot for coming on the show again. You are a fish expert. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, I guess some might refer to me as (laughs) (laughs) one-dimensional. That's all the time we have for this episode of the FBCC Nature Journal. Thanks for joining us. I'm John Fraley, and I'll see you next time. 